0: hello hello hello! welcome to episode 16 of the linkage podcast by episcopal retirement services this episode is for the week of august 24th 2020 thanks so much for joining us i'm brian reynolds vice president of marketing of episcopal retirement services and i'm here with my trusty friend kristen davenport uh ers's director of communications how are you kristen
1: Brian I am doing well it is good to talk with you today I can't believe we're on episode 16 that's awesome.
0: I know I was just thinking that as I was saying that that's uh, a great feat we've been doing this since what I guess mid to late April and it's been so fun to interview residents week in week out uh, and and of course get our updates from Laura so.
1: Absolutely.
0: Well Kristen you want to start out and tell us uh, what's coming up on our show today.
1: Yeah, you bet. We've got uh, three wonderful guests with us today. Uh, Two residents. One is Linda Callard. Linda is a resident of Dupree House in the Hyde Park neighborhood of Cincinnati. We also have with us 103 year old Lou Zelley, who was a Presbyterian minister, and he lives at Episcopal Church home down in Louisville, Kentucky. Then of course, we'll be checking in with our president and CEO, Lara Lamb. Lara's got some updates for us this week uh, about all things ERS. So looking forward to a great show, Brian.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a great, great show. It has some great interviews to share. So mm-hmm. I'd be remiss uh, if I didn't uh, give a plug for our, our uh, virtual gala this year. Obviously with COVID, as we've probably mentioned in previous weeks, we're, we're taking our annual in-person gala and making it virgil- virtual, virtual. Uh, it's that uh, Together We Rise Gala, and will be held on Friday, October 9th, and we've got a, a special evening uh, full of celebration, inspiration, and and some entertainment, all in the effort to support our Good Samaritan Mission Fund. Uh, we'll have a, a special live program created just for our guests, uh, and it'll be hosted by Channel 5's very own Curtis Fuller, so a special thanks to our presenting sponsors, the Model Group, Ridgestone Contractors and Builders, uh, Ohio Capital Corporation for Housing, and U.S. Bank. So looking forward to that, Kristen.
1: Brian, we're all looking forward to that uh, that uh, time to be together in October to, to focus on our mission, the Good Samaritan Mission Fund, and uh, it should be a great evening.
0: Well, great. Yeah, looking forward to it again. And uh, Kristen, so why don't we get started with the show? Uh, you want to introduce our first guest?
1: Absolutely. So joining us now is Linda Callard, new resident of Depree House. Uh let's meet Linda. Well, welcome Linda. I'm so happy to have Thank you on the you. podcast. How are you today? Thank you
2: very much. I am fine today. As a matter of fact, I'm just in a very good mood. And uh <laughs> Well, good. You know why I'm in a good mood? Yes. I'm, I, I, most of the time I am because I truly feel safe and secure here, and also I think there is there is an outstanding staff at Dupree. I have not had one incident with a staff member that I had a negative feeling.
1: Oh, and
2: I. Never I never really get do. tired I, of
1: hearing that. Yeah, <laughs> I, hear no, I, I
2: really, I give them a lot of credit. I think it's good training. I think they have excellent people for their particular positions, and I particularly note the dietary department. I have, I think they have done an excellent service for us with three meals a day. Well, not three actually, two. They do send twice a week our breakfast food we order, and then they have the option of lunch and dinner. Mm -hmm. And then they deliver it always with a smile on the face and very helpful if you need help to carry your dinner into your kitchen. So I congratulate them.
1: That is so good. Every time I hear a compliment of our staff from a resident, it, it makes me feel good. It, it's nothing uh, um, directly about me, but it is about my teammates. And I, I love my team. I miss seeing them. And it's, it's so good to hear from the residents that uh, things are still um, being done the way that we expect with, um, you know, always a smile and a helpful nature. That is so good to hear. Um, I, well, I
2: go
1: ahead go okay ahead. are you there yes go right ahead
2: oh I I just wanted to say I have noticed that the, the few times I have called the office the office person always responds oh. and if it's a if it's a Asking a question, you get an answer. If, he, if the person needs to find the answer, find the answer. Return your telephone call, or if you need help, she she takes care of it and calls maintenance. It, they that, that that office staff, the, you know, the lot people who sit in the lobby, always respond to every person's request. It can be positive or it can be negative. However, there is an answer
1: yes well and that is such a good thing to hear also because these are sort of uncertain times and just knowing that there's going to be somebody there and and responding you know like you said either way um it is it's comforting to hear that for sure
2: sure. it's a reassurance
1: yeah
2: well because you know we're in our apartments and we do not do a lot of socializing And we spend most of our time in apartments or participate in a program. But it's reassuring that outside your doors, there is someone if you need someone.
1: That is, that is so good to hear. And tell us a little bit about what are you doing these days um, to stay active and engaged, either either things that you're doing um, by yourself in your apartment or, or maybe some of the activities that they've uh, started doing that they've made a, a distanced or a safe way to, to do those.
2: I have not participated in many programs because when I came here, I was still recovering from a major fall that I had last August. And actually, I know Marjorie P. Lee very well. I was there for nine weeks. And um, and then I had the fall in August, early August. And I returned home October the 15th. And so I'm still, I was in therapy when I came here. I did two sessions. And I'm very careful about walking I, and uh, so i can't say i have participated in a lot of activities i certainly have enjoyed meeting the people here it, it um the, the diversity of their of their careers and their lives and places they have lived just absolutely just charms me because every person i've met has a di- has a different story and i'm so glad of that it and so i um primarily meeting people, socializing with a few people, and um, oh, and I do um, keep in touch with my husband three or four times a day on the telephone. I certainly stay in touch with my family that we have five children, and um, so somehow I just appear to be busy as far as as, as much as I I
1: can't. I read. That
2: sounds great. Yeah. I do crossword puzzles. I watch certain television programs, not many. I'm more prone to watch sports or the news than I am any other program.
1: Well, you mentioned Marjorie P. Lee, and uh, before Mm -hmm. you uh, had a a stay there, um, you were a volunteer there. Is that right?
2: Oh yes, for uh, for years I can't give you an exact date. They had a, and they still have a, a a volunteer organization, you know, and uh, I I was I was participated in it for many years, and worked in the corner store uh, once or twice, a well maybe it'd be once a week. Sometimes it was twice a week. And however, I had to um, discontinue because of because of George's entrance to Beechwood and also at my fall. And now, it, um, the quarantine has changed the the operation for the corner store. But um, oh yes, I'm very very fond of Dupree and Marjorie Peely. I feel I know the the physical part very well.
1: Now, um, you and I got to talk a little bit before uh, this podcast. Um, I think, did you also tell me, were you a board member at some point with ERS? For
2: a short period of time, I was a board member. And I, 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 um, I discovered that I, this was not a, the right place for me, though I, I certainly supported ERA. But it, just, it was not a good match. And so I resigned. And uh, and still have good feelings for ERS. It's just that the match didn't it didn't work, and that's quite common on boards. You get many people get on board and then realize, you know, that's, that it's not meeting my needs, and I'm not meeting their needs. And the I've always thought the best thing you could do is just resign and give a, the right person an opportunity.
1: Oh, yes, yeah. I was absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Linda, tell us a little bit um, about maybe what are some of the things that you're looking forward to as, as this pandemic hopefully comes to a close before too long? Uh, we No one can predict the future and uh, our expectations are really um, determined by, you know, the news of the day. But what are some of the things you're looking forward to once this is all behind us?
2: I tell you, honestly, it's being with family. We have two young people who live here, married and have children, and then three are out of town. We have, uh, and we have ten grandchildren, and spending time with the family, and particularly spending time with george I, that, I miss that the most. I, I always when he was at Beechwood, i was I was there every day, and I miss it, and I know he misses it too. And I, of course, there's there's some organizations that I belong. I would like it if if I could physically participate. And, of course, there's always friendships and um, opportunities. And I I love to play bridge. So I would stay very busy when the quarantine ends. But I I think at my age now, it's probably going to be equal. Half time here and half time outside activities and family.
1: Yes, yes. Well, those all sound like wonderful things. Um, bridge is something that has always intrigued me. I've noticed um, we have quite some active bridge players there in the Dupree House Club Room. Um, it's uh, quite a mystery to me how that game is played, but maybe once I'm retired, I'll take it up.
2: I suggest you do because it does keep your brain operating. Uh, each each dealt hand makes you think, <laughs> and so it it, it 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 truly is a good activity after your after your, your retirement, and you I mean, upon your retirement, I would suggest you take a few lessons and you start playing bridge, and you will really enjoy it.
1: Well, thank you for that encouragement, Linda. I do appreciate it. Well, you know, it's been such a pleasure to talk with you today. Um, I know you're going to have an exciting day and please enjoy it. and, uh, And we will talk again very soon.
2: Thank you very much, Kristen.
0: Wonderful interview, Kristen. It was so great to hear from Linda. Uh, it's interesting to get uh, a perspective from, while she's been involved in the organization for uh, quite a while, uh, she's a fairly new resident.
1: Right, yeah, that is uh, so good to hear that uh, the, the staff is, is supportive and, and viewed so highly from somebody that's kind of uh, brand new to living with us, but not brand new to the organization. Well, next up, I guess we'll check in, um, with our president and CEO, Laura Lamb, and we'll get, uh, an update on what's happening around our organization.
0: Back this week with president and CEO, Laura Lamb. Hi, how are you, Laura?
3: I'm doing well, Brian. How about you?
0: Doing real well, doing real well. Thanks so much. Uh, it's always good to catch up with you. Um, so, this week, I had a couple of things on my mind, but I, I, I thought I, I, we were discussing earlier that, you know, there's been a, you've been doing some training with, uh, with some of our students recently, and I, I thought that was very kind of unique and wondered if you could kind of tell our audience about, you know, what that training was and, and, and how that, how that went.
3: Oh, yeah, um, it was unique uh, so it actually came from our our risk management team as we were talking about going back to school and um you know preparing our employees that are in school and you can imagine that most of our um students are in college or our staff that are in school are in college, and most yeah. of the classes are online, but you know, some universities are having in-person classes, so we wanted to just give them the tools to be successful, and um, it occurred to us as, you know, myself and others um, as parents of college-age students that, you know, sometimes students don't see the world, you know, the way maybe, you know, somebody with more life experience does. So, for example, like, you know, when a 19-year-old, a and I'll just use my son as an example, mm-hmm. <laughs> Jake Land, Jake yeah. goes into a class, I'm sure he's not looking up and looking to see if he's sitting under an AC then, right? right, right. Or, um, but that's important if you want to protect yourself and be as safe as possible. Um, so we got this idea that you know, maybe we should give them a toolkit, literally a toolkit to be successful. So we started brainstorming and we created little gift boxes for every one of our employees that is going back to school this fall. And it included a couple homemade masks. It included some hand sanitizer, some Lysol wipes, uh, a couple granola bars, um, you know, a reminder of what what activities are most risky and least risky, um, just a real nice collection. And it was sent to their home, and then they were invited to attend a Zoom training a session where we could unpack the box together and kind of review um, kind of what the principles are of going back to school safely and how this gift box can, you know, help them. And inside the gift box, um, I put a, a pair of Harry Potter glasses in every one. And that was kind of the mystery item. You know, people could kind of figure out what I was going to say about mask and say about hand sanitizer. But those Harry Potter glasses were like the talk of the group. And oh, wow. so I had them all put on their Harry Potter glasses. Yeah. And it's, um, it's, I've used it in training before, Brian. I don't know if you've ever been in it, but um, it's my funny way of kind of saying when you put these glasses on, you have to see the world differently, and mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. magic. You know, it's Harry Potter yep. magic. You put these glasses on, and it's just a, a symbol of looking at the world differently.
0: Yeah. And
3: oh, they had so much fun. They all put their Harry Potter glasses on on the Zoom meeting, and we all <laughs> kind of laughed about how silly we looked. But it it pr- it, it, it makes a point that. Yeah. You know, you have to be super intentional. You have to make sure that you are wearing your mask, um, covering your nose and your mouth. That you are washing your hands, mm-hmm. and if you're not near a place to wash them, that you always have hand sanitizer.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, we
3: give them the wipes because you know when you sit down in a classroom, you should have a little wipe to wipe down the surface because you don't yeah. know who was there for you, kind of thing.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And you
3: and cleaning, you know, I'm sure universities are cleaning every day, but they're not cleaning between every class. Right. So just those kind of things. And it was, you know, a 45 minute um, dialogue with the students, and they really appreciated it, and they loved it. Particularly the granola bars, and that was to reinforce the point that, you know, stay out of the cafeterias as much as you can, pack your yeah. food, yeah. You know, just be intentional. You can save money and um, not have as much exposure standing in a Starbucks line, as an example. So, right, right. it was well, a good, good
0: Yeah, I love the Harry Potter glasses idea as a Harry Potter fan. That that sounded fun, and uh, but it's it's nice to hear, you know, taking the time because that that is an important population that we employ, and and certainly young people. Probably have some challenge, just inherent challenges in going back to to school. You know, with you know, you mentioned cafeterias or cleaning spaces, but you know, there's all kinds of activities too. And I, I know, I think you, you you had some talk about that as well, correct?
3: We did, we did, and you know, it it's dif- it's a difficult topic because when you think about going back to school, you know, we all think about you know the sports and yeah and and you know we just like we we've just been very direct with our staff throughout this is that that's as you well know we were talking about a situation in your neck of the woods that that's how it seems to be spreading through these contact sports you know look at what happened to baseball as an example um yeah Yeah. amount of time you know 14 members of a team had it right We've just said that, you know, we, if you choose to play a sport this fall, mm-hmm. uh, this school year, I should say, yeah. then you need to take a leave of absence. We just cannot, that yeah. would be, to us, school is a, like a necessity. You know, right. We're not in somebody's pursuit of education. Right. But extracurricular activities are kind of like that side job. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And how can we say that you can't have a side job but you're on a soccer team or a football team. So we said that for this, for this school year, if you're going to work at ERS, you are not permitted to play organized sports like that. And we'll, we'll put you on a leave of absence. We'll be, we'll be fair about it, but right. it's really in in line with uh, our principles to make sure that our, our residents are as safe as they can be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that that makes a lot of sense. it's almost like uh, I don't know, akin to, you know, we've asked staff members to, you know, only work at one of our communities rather than going through being at multiple places. So it's, it, I almost see that same analogy there.
3: It totally is. It totally is. Yeah.
0: So the other thing uh, I just wanted to bring up, and it's something I kind of notice on and off over these, you know, the past several months since the pandemic started is, I, you know, I see, there's people that, that will be struggling on and off through that. Um, and, and for various reasons, um, emotionally, mentally, um, you know, people that I, I have really respected and leadership leaders in this industry, to neighbors to coworkers. And I, I know you've studied the topic of resiliency and you've talked to the staff about, uh, and even our residents about uh, the, the, the concept of we're in a marathon. And I wondered just if we could kind of talk about that a little bit more, because I, I don't think this is going away anytime soon and, and we're all gonna have to really rely on each other and, and, and talk about this. So do you have any, any other words of wisdom or, or any, any research that you've, you've, or anything you've read that, that you could kind of share with our, our audience, our residents and, and, and staff and families?
3: Well, you're, you're right. I, I, I don't know if I have wisdom, but I have done a lot of reading on the topic, and I think it's it's for two reasons. One is that, you know, from time to time, it's heavier. I feel the weight on my shoulders more than others, candidly.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So
3: I know that I have to build resiliency and um, re- be resilient. And so it's for that, but then also, to your point, to be able to help help others. And you know, so I, I think one of the things that my first question in this journey to understand it is, is resiliency something that you can teach? Can you be more? And, you know, th- this resiliency is a topic that the psychologists uh, of the of the world really have studied quite, quite deeply. And they say that, you know, people are more or less resilient based on genetics early experiences all that kind of stuff that mm-hmm. those things can't be modified but right. there are specific resilience building skills that can be learned mm-hmm. uh, that we can as people break out of negative thought cycles as an example yeah uh, we can push back against you know uh, that that the sky is falling that that kind of uh, mentality Mm -hmm. and and really kind of learn to look for the upside the positive in a situation versus the negative and you know and so yes the answer is a resounding yes you can learn to be more resilient Mm -hmm. and and so then you you have to ask yourself well okay so how do you do that and you know it really to me it was really interesting because the same things that we uphold in our wellness approaches within ERS mm-hmm. are the same things that help build resilience um, interestingly enough. yeah, so, um, Healthy habits such as getting enough sleep, eating well, exercising mm-hmm. reduces stress mm-hmm. which may in turn boost resiliency. Um, being sure that we nurture close relationships, so that we have a support system yeah. when war rises, yeah, you know, um, are all things that really uh, can help. You know, um, I talk about you know times when when I need to build resiliency, you know, doing those healthy habits, but also I believe, and this this is my personal belief, is that there's a spiritual component as well. Yeah. There's some things I can control and and some things that I can't, and I need to understand the difference between the two and help that kind of mode my, my way of looking at a situation. Yeah. But Brian, this is a very important topic. And, you know, just speaking personally, you know, I've, I, I've said this to the, the staff and the residents that I really have to check how I'm spending my time, you know, working at home, and it seems like the days are endless, and just making sure that I'm, you know, self-care is so important, and if I don't have a regimen of self-care and really take care of myself, you know, I've come to realize that I can't take care of others, so, you know, recently, you know, I've started um, turning off some podcasts and doing Mm -hmm. more, listening to books when I walk and uh uh-huh. super super consistent of getting um a two mile walk in before I start my work day because there are days where you know I might be on Zoom calls for six hours. Um right. and that that I don't get my steps in. I don't get that physical activity that I know I need. So Yeah,
0: yeah that's an important release is to, to get is. those endorphins moving and
3: exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's very,
0: yeah, that's very interesting. I think, you know, for myself, I, I, and I mentioned this, I think I mentioned this to you earlier, just the concept of, of gratitude and being thankful for, for those that are, you know, when they're doing things for me or for others, just to, to outwardly say, thank you, can, can lift my mood and lift the mood of somebody else because it, it sets that tone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I felt that's, that's so important as well.
3: Yeah, I agree. I mean, positivity and gratitude Mm -hmm. are contagious, aren't they?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Just like negativity is. So if we choose to be positive and verbalize that we're grateful, maybe even when we're not all there.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
3: It helps you move in that direction.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big believer in that. that, That's something my dad always taught to me. And it's just, I, I felt, I think, you know, the, the older you get, the older you r- realize how wise your parents are, and and uh, it's sure. definitely a life lesson. For sure. Ah,
3: well, interesting.
0: Well, Laura, thank you uh, so much again for coming on. I, I, I really enjoy these updates every week, and I, I know our listeners do as well, and uh, we'll look forward to catching up again next week.
3: Okay, I, w- I look forward to that as well, Brian.
1: Another great update from Laura. Um, it's it's always good to get her um, wise words, her perspective on uh, how things are not only just going around the ERS uh, communities, and but also just like how we can continue to be resilient in the face of everything that we deal with in our day-to-day lives.
0: Yeah, I, I particularly enjoy that, that topic and that discussion. You know, it's certainly, you know, it's been a challenging five months and we certainly have a... you know, a while more to go through this COVID-19. So I I think just having those conversations and talking about how we can best care for ourselves and for each other is really a really important topic right now.
1: Absolutely.
0: So with that uh, being said, uh, I have a really inspiring interview to introduce now. Uh, Lou Zelli is a resident down at Episcopal Church Home. He is a former Presbyterian minister and I, I just found myself coming out of this interview so positive so I'm looking forward to, to sharing this so here's here's my interview with Lou So I'm here this week with one of our residents at Episcopal Church home Lou
4: Zelly. Uh, welcome Lou how are you? How am I am some time ago I would have answered that. Was a very quiet, I oh, was just fine. But then I read a book by a lady in New York and the title of the book was, quit saying, oh, I'm just fine. <laughs> so now you ask me how I am, I'm am happy and thankful. Happy is healthy.
0: Yeah. And
4: everybody should be thankful. That's the basis of it. Also, those two, they're not dependent on circumstances. Uh You can be happy in the midst of a mess. Yeah. You can be thankful for things that don't seem thankful.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Just for our audience, you told me earlier that you were a Presbyterian minister, correct? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's traveled the world and all over the country.
4: Yes, been in about thirty countries. Wow. All the states, and and then I have a my f- family is scattered. They are scattered from New York and Pennsylvania Uh to Michigan, to Colorado, to Hawaii, California, and to Thailand. Wow. That's all over. That's pretty scattered. My daughter says Thailand has dealt well with the virus.
0: Thailand has dealt well with the virus. That's good to hear.
4: So... With that said, what,
0: what have you done to stay kind of busy and active during the pandemic?
4: One of the things, staying active and healthy, is just keeping up with all these old folks. Well, see, there's a routine here when you live in a retirement home, and it can just drive you crazy keeping up with it. I was awakened usually every morning about 5 o'clock. Well a lady, one of the staff checks on me and everything. Uh-huh. And then at the seven o'clock they wake me up by turning that bright light on over my head. Yeah. <laughs> and start to get me dressed. Get me dressed. Uh-huh. Then the ones of the residents who can do it get down to the dining room by themselves. Do and I, I am I can pedal alone in my wheelchair. Uh huh. Some can't they're they push their wheelchair. Right. I am able to feed myself. Uh huh. And some of the people in my, i say, department or neighborhood here cannot, and people feed them. Uh huh. All right, I want to get one more thing in here. First of all, this is to impress you. I'm a 103. Wow. For the first time in my life, 103. More than that right now, about two weeks ago, because I remember three, two or three weeks ago, I had a rather severe stroke. Oh, my. And uh, but some of the staff and so forth say they're able to understand me a little better. Well,
0: mm-hmm. I can understand you very well, so you you must be recovering quite well, and it sounds like you've got some good people working with you, like uh, Jackie.
4: And, so, uh, anyway, that Jackie comes in on certain mornings and sits there with them, telling me, well, nothing. talk with your mouth well. <laughs> That's an important. She just like, says, she, says, says what she wants to say. <laughs> That's great. That's great.
0: So it, it sounds like you're being very well taken care of, I think. Or, you're, I you know, time in, time out from the people oh, in Louisville, they speak oh, in Ohio, the staff. Oh, mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. So, Lou, who who, uh, tell me who, who, what else you do for me.
0: Well,
3: you're also working with physical therapy and occupational therapy.
4: Yeah. I'm busy.
0: Yes, he's a wow. very busy man sounds like every moment of your day is planned. So hey Lou, uh, you said that um, you know at the top of our interview that you'd read a book and you, you feel very happy, thankful. But you know, we're going through this really you mentioned how Thailand is is doing a good job managing the virus, but you know, this certainly is a challenge for a lot of people to live through. Yeah, yeah. Um, what what are things that maybe happened in your life that have given you some good perspective to get through a pan- pandemic or challenges in your life that you could maybe share with us?
4: There's one, one outstanding one that has given me wisdom and know-how. I lost a three-year-old son. Oh, He died. In West Africa. We moved to West Africa for three years.
0: Uh huh.
4: And he died over there. I'm so sorry to hear that. And gave me the ability to understand other couples or people who have lost little children. Yeah. See, when We wonder sometimes why do bad things happen to good people? Mm -hmm. The Lord lets those happen, but that's when we learn. That's when we mature. Yes. And are ready to help help other people. And over the years, both as a minister, or as a person, I have been able to be help people, and a lot of it is just being with them and making them comfortable, not comfortable, mm-hmm. urging them to grieve. You don't say, "Now be brave." Yeah. You pass the Kleenex and cry. Yeah. And at hospice, we did that. That was their therapy. Oh, but 10 or 12 of us sat around crying, crying, and comfortable doing it. Because if you don't get rid of it, you'll never, if you don't deliberately get rid of it, you'll carry it on. That's
0: very... that's very wise, Lou. I, I I think that's a very important point that you make. And uh, thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. So uh, my my last question, Lou, is, you know, after the, the pandemic is over, is there anything that you're looking forward to
4: doing again? What I'm looking forward to is two areas. A lot of the families I mentioned, they live all away from California to New York and I know there's no way I can travel around in this wheelchair. Right. But I can talk over the phone to them constantly. And I do constantly. Good. Good. Oh and now by the way I'm soon to have my fifth great grandchild. Oh my gosh. That's exciting. Yeah. And um, she would be. She, I the, uh, the she, and he. Uh, you, hope and, to,
0: you hope to meet them soon, though. Uh, you hope to meet them soon,
4: though.
0: Uh, oh, good. Well, Luke, thank you so much for agreeing to.
4: It was An absolute
0: maybe. pleasure to, to get to know you a little bit here.
1: Okay.
4: There's one more area that I think we as Christians say, and I'm comfortable saying this living in an Episcopal residence. Uh-huh. Oh, by the way, I'm also a member of the Order of St. Lou. The, a member of the Order of St. What Can you describe uh, what that is for our audience? Well, it's a healing ministry. We as Christians have a responsibility to tell people about Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's part of what we must do. And I find it very easy to get on the subject here, just in person to person. Now there's no way I I can get a minister or not Mm-hmm. But it's very easy to get on that conversation.
0: Well, maybe, Lou, we could uh, schedule another time and you and I could just have a talk about that. I, I would okay. love to hear that from you.
4: All right. Well, i glad to meet you and talk with you. Oh, life is a blessing. Life is a blessing.
0: Thank you so much, Lou, for joining us. You're welcome,
1: Brian, Lou is just amazing, isn't he? Just 103 years old and and just so positive and sharing such great wisdom with all of us.
0: Yeah, Kristen, I I really walked away from that just I just felt so grateful and thankful as he mentioned in that happy and thankful as he mentioned and just inspired. Uh, you know, he's certainly had some challenges in his in his life, but he's always at service and wanting to make others feel good and, uh, you know, so articulate in sharing that. So it was really a pleasure.
1: A good reminder of why we're having these conversations for sure.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's it for this episode of uh, the Linkage Podcast uh, by Episcopal Retirement Services. Uh, For more information about us, you can visit our website at episcopalretirement.com. We have lots of great content, including our Linkage Online blog, this this podcast, and all of our episodes are up there, as well as many more resources. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or even YouTube to see what's going on within ERS. If you have any questions or feedback, please email us at info at erslife.org. We love hearing from our listeners, and even if you got a recommendation, we love hearing that. Kitch Podcast is produced by Kristen Davenport and Brian Reynolds. Fiasha Davis is our associate producer, and our technical director is Michelle Hain. I'd like to thank our guests today, including Linda Callard and uh, Luzelli, and of course, uh, always uh, with, uh, we love to have an appearance from our president and CEO, Laura Lamb. On behalf of myself, Brian Reynolds, and Kristen Davenport, thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to our
1: podcast next week.
0: Thanks so much, Kristen.
1: Talk with you soon, Brian.